This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, Canadian Tires made a candle that smells like Canadian Tire. Marketing expert Brian Saunders with Aromatech tells us how companies use scents like that to get us to spend more money. Not just stores, but casinos and hotels too. Plus, some secret tactics. How they reach through our nose and dig into our pocket. We break down this year's inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who's missing from the Hall of Fame? And who do you think from the list we chat about will actually get in? There's about five or six usually. And it's back for another episode, Game Show. We are getting into Canadian political history with a focus on the Conservative Party with all the Conservative Party news and the ousting of leader Aaron O'Toole this week. How much do we know about it? Well, you can find out on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. It's time for Game Showy. That's right. Welcome to Game Showy. It is a very high-tech, insightful game that's showy here on The Shift. We'll ask questions, difficult ones. Tonight's topic is politics. Here's Ryan O'Donnell. Oh, thanks, Bob. Welcome back to another edition of Game Showy. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. I am excited to bring you all back together on another rematch between shane hewitt and brendan kelly as well of course you the listeners the shift heads you are more than welcome to entertain (laughs) this idea and uh follow the rules like brendan kelly who totally does not cheat no Mm -hmm. does not follow the rules although i must i'm gonna even concede before this one starts when it comes to politics Mm -hmm. brendan kelly's the man so if I get he, anything he right in here, upper in this one, yeah. he may. I mean, if anything, um, uh, like if you ask questions that involved what colors of t-shirts are available in the store, yeah, I would get it would, right because Brennan would only yeah. guess black. Leave the house. Yeah. I would be like all kinds of colors, right? But if mm-hmm. it comes to Canadian politics, like, well, this is what he loves to yeah. do in the day when he's listening to his vinyl. Yeah, some might say I'm a political scientician. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, a scientician. Okay, uh, half point. Not really. Half point. Speaking all right. So, what does a winning points, losing sound like, and all of these yes, things that we got to get into? Right. Why, why don't you get us started with game showing? Will do, Bob. So there are three <laughs> categories for today's okay. trivia. Uh, today's trivia. We have a little bit of a focus on the conservative party, not all of the questions, but a little bit more right. of a focus. So we yeah. have conservative wins. What are some of the biggest wins for the conservative party? And uh, j- just to clarify, there have been many different conservative parties over mm-hmm. the years, but just, you know, in general, conservative party. And then also, of course, the second category is conservative blunders. What are some of the oofs, the oops, the gaffs, the goofs? What are some of the bad things that have happened? And just like last week where we had random crap on food, we have random political crap. This is the category where I threw in as many ridiculous political trivia questions that I could find. And some of them are insane. I am very excited for you to pick them out. Now, yes. Well, I was hoping okay. we can get the bed one more time. Oh, you want to hear the music one more time? I yeah. gotta, I gotta, but I gotta tell them the buzzer sounds. Okay, do the buzzers, then we'll do the I thing. Do the, okay, so if you get the question right, my contestants, you will hear this sound. Oh, 
that's satisfying. And if it's wrong, it's very sad. simple as that. Simple very as that. Familiar. Very familiar with that one. Absolutely. Are you ready to kick it one. off? I think yeah. we're ready to go. All right, let's yeah. do it. Another round. Welcome to Game Showy. Our first category is conservative political blunders. Our second category is conservative political wins. And our third category is random crap that didn't fit in the other term, the other two categories about the Canadian political conservative parties. Thanks, Bob. Who wants to start? Who won last week? It was Brendan. No, uh, excuse me? Back up the truck. See, I play by the rules. I didn't win last week, but I won quite Shane. decisively the first week. Like, yeah. yeah, so it was like, Shane won last week. Brendan um, sucked so, at cheating last week, so he didn't mm, win. Okay, well, Shane, I'm going to give you reins. You get to pick the first category. Well, I'm going to start with, I think, the very first thing I'm going to do is actually random crap that doesn't fit in the other two categories, please, Ryan. Ooh, bold play. Okay. This one is specific for the Conservative Party. Okay. There's a little bit of a hint for you. Which Canadian Prime Minister performed a cover of John Lennon's 1971 classic, Imagine? Was it Joe Clark, Kim Campbell, Brian Mulrooney, or Stephen Harper? Oh, got that one. The Did only you? musician in the bunch. The only musician in the bunch, Shane? Stephen what Harper. is your answer? That is correct. Yeah! Thank you for Shane the ding dings. One point. Shane yes. with one point already. Good he start. He lived in my neighborhood, by the way, when I was in Tuscany when he was prime minister. He was in your neighborhood? Yeah. 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 He, I think he's still trying to chill around Calgary. Uh, Brennan Kelly, you're down a point. Wonder if you get to it. pick. I was going to say, I wonder if he'll make it in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> Steven Maybe. Rock and Roll Harper. Yep. He'll make it before the Smiths. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Uh, God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Smash mouth will make it before the Smiths. Yeah, all right. All okay, right. all right. Brendan Kelly, what is what would you what what's your pick? Uh okay. Uh well, you know me. I always like to go for a good blunder. How about some conservative blunder? Conservative right. blunder. All right. The worst election result for the conservatives had Kim Campbell lose a hundred and fifty. 54 seats. Which year was that election held? That election was held in 1993. Oh, wow. Really? Ding, ding, ding. Wow. That's correct. Congratulations, dude. I mean, I was a best guess 94. I... Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I literally like a best guess 94. All right. Yeah. So do I get to pick now? You get to pick now, yes. Well, go I ahead. guess uh, political wins is probably the only category we haven't touched yet there, Ryan. I think um, I'm going to go political wins for 1,000. Okay. All right. Well, thousand why points. don't we uh, – 1,000 points? That's not Are how this kidding? works. No, that's not no. how this no. works. No, Follow the rules. Well, the rules, I, think that, me. I think your rules suck and we should have 1,000 uh, no. points. <sighs> there, I will say for the listeners, there is a surprise bonus round hidden within what? the trivia. So if any of you land on that question, really? you get double points. Yes, it is okay. hidden. You will have what is to this find mess? it. Oh, sorry. No. Uh, okay. Banned. Okay, so political win. Let's spice things up with an interactive question. Ooh. This, who are you about to hear? This is Brian Mulrooney during mm -hmm. a political ad. Let's hear what he has to say. When I was young in Baycomo, there were two qualities more than any others that I always associated with Canada. One was opportunity, 
and the other was civility. If you wanted to work, you could always get a job. And there was a sense of tolerance among citizens in Canada. And after the last 15 years, these two fundamental qualities have been almost all but lost. But I think that they're still very much alive in Canada. They have to be recaptured. And I think they can with a new agenda, with new hope and new opportunity. What a soothing voice that man has. Yeah, like so. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What is? So, I'll buy the audiobook, Whatever you read. What? Yeah. No kidding. He should uh, do some narration for us. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that political ad aired during the most successful election campaign for the conservatives. Shane, your question is this. However, I am willing to give you bonus points. Point five, if you get other parts of this question correct so okay what year did brian mulroney win that election and the bonus points are if you can tell me how many seats the conservatives won or how many the liberals lost oh god okay so what year did you say that the liberals lost all those seats bk was 93 conservatives lost all the seats in 93 yeah. excuse me conservatives, conservatives lost, lost in 93 i'm yes. not supposed to be helping you yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> see, see, I'm gonna phone a friend. Um, yeah, I was just phoning a friend. Phoning me. Um, my that. phone's going off. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I'm running a train calling. Um, okay, so I'm gonna go four years before that on elect- election cycle because that to me seems like it was there. We had to have something to lose. I'm gonna say 1989. Oh, this was an off year. It was the 1988 election. Oh, Kim Campbell. Oh, I wanted to guess. I wanted to guess because he knew it. Okay. Uh, no well, half points. Brendan. Mm-hmm. Brendan. Okay, no. you're right. I jumped the gun. I jumped the gun. Brendan, If you can, I will give you a point if you can tell me how many seats they lost. Moving the goalpost. Uh, the liberals lost or how many seats the conservatives won in the 1988 election. The most successful for Brian Mulroney oh. and the conservatives ever. I don't know how much the liberals lost, but the conservatives won 111 seats. Oh, geez, you Get guys are on a roll tonight. Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. This guy's amazing. Oh, God. I can't even make fun of you for that one. Ding, ding, ding. Give yourself a pat on the back. So you know what I really want to say? Now, Let me guess. You're still single. <laughs> That's what I really want to say. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. It just comes out. I get competitive. I do. Whoa! It's offside. The debate moderator shut his mic off. <laughs> shut his mic off. Uh, just peeling away for a second. Text line. Uh, y'all are doing very well. Uh, getting the answers correct uh, with Catherine and Surrey. One year off. Nineteen eighty nine on that last one, uh, and another one uh, who's gotten two questions right with Harper in nineteen eighty eight. But one hundred and forty five mm. is wrong, but very close. Okay, mm. tie two two. Next question goes to Brendan Kelly. It's tied? How is it tied? I got two Things right and you got one mm-hmm. right, right? No, Shane's had two right. Which... No, I've only had one right. But I deserve two right. He got oh, Stephen no, Harper right. right, and then he got that oh, one wrong right. that I stole from him. You, you know, right, if you're if you're Ben Mulrooney yeah. and you're Brian Mulrooney's son, yeah. and that's your dad's voice, like yeah. that's the one thing you're looking to inherit. Yeah. Okay? That's true. Great. Great so true. Great point. Uh, yeah. Two to one, Brendan Kelly in the lead. Right. Brendan, take it away. What's the next category, my friend? Uh, let's go with a random political crap. Random political crap. All right, let's have some fun with this one. Uh, 
this is this is this is a good one. I'm excited. I'm really I'm sure I'm not sure if you're gonna get this one. Which Canadian Prime Minister had the shortest term in office? Was it Kim Ooh. Campbell, Joe Clark, I want this William one. Lyon Mackenzie King, or Sir Charles Tupper? Oh, Brendan Kelly, what's good, your answer? Mr. Tupper. Uh, Mr. Tupper. Tupper. I don't know much about Tupper. I'm going to say Kim Campbell. Right? That's the obvious answer. But it is incorrect. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Incorrect. I'm glad I didn't get that one. I would have got it wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. silly it, yeah, mistake. Everybody assumes that it is. Who's the, Kim who's Campbell, the shortest prime minister not. of all time? Like height wise? Height? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that one. I don't know. Oh, well, who's the shortest term? I'm going to give you one of those for that. Oh, shortest term. Hold on. So, who had the shortest term? Well, you get to guess. Oh, I got to guess it? Well, oh, I don't know. I was going to guess Kim Campbell. I, I, I'll pass. Pass. Well, no, take a random guess. Uh, will you right. so give him that. Say all four of them again. Okay, say them four again. I'll play ABC. A, I'll play Abacadabba. Now Pretty you've fair. given it to him. So it's not Kill Campbell. Kim Campbell. Kill. Woof. Kim Campbell. It's jo- either Joe Clark, William Lyon, Mackenzie King, or Sir Charles Tupper. I wonder. Well, I don't know. Now I'm all confused. I'm doubting myself. I'm all being like all. I don't know, Mr. Tupperware? It is Sir Charles Tupper, yes. The father of the generation. <laughs> the father of Tupperware Certainly. and plastic dishes all over the world. Wasn't the other pair? Nope. They had quite Sir Tupper terms. left Canadian politics to make plastic bowls. Yes, he did not last very long in office. Shorter How? than Kim Campbell. Really? I totally yeah. thought that was Kim Campbell. I knew it wasn't yeah. Mackenzie King because, I mean, the, 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 the King family and the Kingston and the whole history of... Uh, the the uh, the King Estate in Quebec and it's beautiful, like it's fantastic. He held office between May first, eighteen ninety six, and July eighth of eighteen ninety six. Oh, he's like that Scaramucci guy who was the press secretary mm-hmm. in for yeah. Trump for like four days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's exactly like Scaramucci. That's amazing. All right, okay. Uh, well, Shane, uh, it's my turn. Well, I'm going to go with. Um, I like more random crap. Let's go with more. Uh, since more, we're doing more random. I don't know. Yeah, I want more random crap. Let's you go more. more uh, okay. I would like more random crap for one thousand five hundred points, please. You don't pick. The let's points. have a. You don't know. Let's have a. No, it's just Stop one. Cheating. It's just one point. Two, two. You guys are tied. Follow the rules. <laughs> yeah, coming Fuck. from Brenda. You're telling me to follow the rules. Follow the rules. We're, that sounds a little offside. We're talking about the conservative late. party here, so dial it back and be conservative. Oh right, <laughs> be conservative. It was okay. a big day in conservative politics today. Big day. Big it day. is, and these are all things that this is. This is today's day is going to get added to this list one day. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, here's here's your random crap question, and okay. uh, we're going to start off by hearing. This is from 2017. This okay. is Michelle Rempel Garner, member of Parliament oh. from Alberta, speaking yeah. in the House of Commons. Yeah. Why does this government treat Alberta like a fart in the room that nobody wants to talk about or acknowledge? That is where my constituents have been at with this government for over a year. As I'm giving this speech, there's liberal members across the aisle that are laughing at me. And they're laughing at you. The Honourable Member for uh, Saanich uh, Gulf Islands. Interrupt my friend in her speech, but I heard her say a word that I know is distinctly unparliamentary. That is uh, former Green Party leader Elizabeth May. 
Yeah. Your question is, what word is Elizabeth May a little oh, cranky about there? <laughs> oh, how about that, eh? I like that. Well, knowing Elizabeth um, May, it's Alberta. <laughs> yeah, it was probably Alberta. <laughs> that was pretty oh, good. that was very good. Was very good. Oh, well done. Uh, you know what? Um, I just uh, I just heard in my ear, Bob, as the announcer for the show, we're going to give Brendan Kelly a bonus half point for being funny. Yes. Very good. Uh, yeah. Fart would be my answer. Fart would be very unbecoming Fart. of the parliament. Fart is correct. Let's hear what she had to say next. And I think she may want to withdraw it. The word was F-A-R-T. Are, we, are you serious, Mr. Speaker? Like, is my colleague actually serious? I just gave an impassioned speech that's about supporting thing. Alberta jobs, and that's what the leader of a political party stands up and has to say. No, I don't withdraw it. Uh, Ooh. 2017, I missed that. Okay. That was uh, good. That was now, good. Uh, very good. So Shane gets a point. Shane is in the lead three two. Brennan Kelly well, three to two and a half. I gave him half three a point. Oh yeah, really Brennan Kelly. Yeah. Now, if you pick the so right category, like. you could land on the bonus round and okay. get two points to okay. win if you get it right. Um, I'll go with Balandars. You have chosen wisely. It is time for the bonus round question. You have found the secret question worth double. It's dark in the bonus round. It got dark. All of the spotlights in the studio are now entirely just on Brennan Kelly. Climactic scene on CSI or something. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Deal or no deal has nothing on us right now. Right. Here is the first part of your question. You are going to hear from former Prime Minister Stephen Harper right now about a scandal. I, uh, this afternoon, I uh, received and I accepted Minister Bernier's resignation from the cabinet. Uh, Minister Bernier has learned and informed me that he... He what? Ooh. Your question is this. Why did Maxime Bernier resign from the Conservative Party? Oh, I forget. Oh. He did bad stuff with money. Money. No, it starts with an M though, because I know, I know, I think I know what it is. Mean tweets. No, wasn't it two thousand and eight? Wait. Oh come on. Oh yeah, okay. that is that your that's that's Brendan Kelly's answer. So mean that tweets. is that is, yeah, that is incorrect. Not mean it's not, it was named Twitter not, in two thousand eight. He liked the not, color purple, okay. but if he liked color blue, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shane, well, you can win it. I mean, you technically won it because Brendan got it wrong. But do you know the answer? What? Did well, he I think the, the scandal wasn't he. He got caught having an affair. Wasn't that the scandal? He got caught. That's uh, half of the part. But he, the main reason he resigned, is because while having that affair. He left sensitive, classified information on a coffee table. No. Yes. This is the Prime Minister reacting to that from 2008. Prime Minister, um, he's admitted to to saying that that the documents were in a non-secure location, but surely there are other issues at play here with Madame Couillat going on TVA this evening and the allegations that she was involved with organized crime and bidding on government contracts for airport security. I mean, was that what really... uh, was the final straw? No, the this is about one thing, and that is a failure 
uh, to uphold uh, expected standards on government documents. It is a very serious mistake, regardless of who the minister is, uh, regardless of personal life, to leave uh, classified documents in an unsecure location. It is worth noting that he did not, I have to correct myself, and I got a text reminding me, which is correct, that he did not resign fully. He just resigned as cabinet minister and his cabinet right. post for, for as wow. foreign affairs minister. Not a great thing to leave classified documents out. Yeah. There so you go. do I get like half a point? What do I? Um, get, well, you won regardless. I get so I'll give, you, I'm I'll sorry, give you. I'm sorry. I broke up there. I didn't hear what you said. Could you say um, that again? this i'll give it to him congratulations shane you are today's winner of joey oh we got trigger finger on the buzzer uh thank you ladies and gentlemen for listening to game show remember to get your cat or dog spayed or neutered yeah and stuff all right um This is the Shift Podcast. Our guest is the Alberta Director of Aromatech to talk about smells and how Canadian Tire can release a candle. Canadian Tire has a candle that smells like Canadian Tire, Brian Saunders. Is that genius or not? Uh, I think it's great. It's got people talking. Um, you know, there's no uh, bad publicity. And I, I've heard people, you know, tell the stories of, oh, yeah, Canadian Tire, that's that's Sundays with my dad. And, you know, uh, every Sunday we'd go and we'd look at uh, the tools together. So I think anything that makes people feel um, those fond memories again uh, is, is a great, great thing. Hopefully nobody has any traumatic <laughs> memories associated with the smell of Canadian Tire. <laughs> Brian Saunders is the Alberta Director of Aromatech. It's a, a group that they provide scents to places. And I say that very vaguely because, Brian, you guys literally provide, and this industry literally provides these pretty smells to all kinds of stores, much like, say, Canadian, the smell of Canadian Tire. It's deliberate, it is tactical, and it works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, th- I think probably what most people are aware of is when they go to a casino in Vegas, for instance, and all every different casino has kind of a different signature smell. Um, and well, that, that actually came out of a study in I think the 1960s around slot machines and, and what the effective smell was on uh, what, what the casinos affectionately called the, the drop rate at the slot machines, which is a nice way of saying how much money people lose <laughs> at the slots. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I thought it was when they quit, but your story's better. <laughs> <laughs> so what does it do? So they're trying to create an environment where I'm assuming because it's casinos, people are awake, alert, um, how active and engaged they are. Um, kind of. Um, so a lot of people have this misconception that the casinos are pumping extra oxygen into the air. Um, and it's, it's not quite that, um, they do do a lot of tricks like the hide windows. So you don't know what time of day it is. Um, you know, the waitress will will come by and give you free food or free drinks. So you don't have a reason to leave the table. Um, you won't find a clock anywhere. Um, but one of the things that they did in the sixties is slot machines that kind of just come out and it was this great new thing because you didn't have to, um, pay an employee to, to deal cards to somebody, you know, it's kind of like self-serve, uh, gamble all your money. And one of the employees at the casino had this idea that, you know, let's experiment with smells, you know, they experimented with lighting as well and carpets and all these different things, but they decided they were going to experiment with smells. 
And it was a, a lavender-based scent that they pumped in over uh, half of the slot machines of this one casino. And what they saw was the drop rate increased by something like 40%. Um, so people were spending 40% more money in those slot machines. Now, of course, scientific methods. So we got to make sure it's not just a fluke. They turned the scent off on that side of the casino. They moved it over to the other side of the casino. And the effect literally just moved to the other side of the casino. And so they, you know, at that point went, well, we're on to something. And of course, casinos being in the money-making business, now every casino in Vegas and, and uh, all over the world pretty much has, has a signature scent that they use, not just in their casino, but in their hotel, in their spa. It's beautiful. Um, Weston Hotel, that was the first one that always comes up to me that is very, very um, profound, actually. Like, they're not even subtle about it. Yeah, um, it's it's a white tea based smell. Um, there's a couple other ingredients in it, um, and it's about how it makes you feel when you walk into the hotel. Does it make you feel like uh, it's a clean hotel? Uh, is it fresh? Is it luxurious? Is it um, is it relaxing? Um, and I think it does all those things really, really well. There is something to be said about yeah subtlety. Uh, you do want the scent to be at a level where it's going to be comfortable for everyone. Uh, one of the interesting things is that young women, especially young women who've had children, um, tend to have the best sense of smell. So when I go and I, and I do an install in a place and there's like a, an 80 year old guy who's smoked his whole life and he's the business owner and he says, I can't smell anything, uh, turn it up. Um, I, I'll tell him no, <laughs> because just because he can't smell it doesn't mean that like the other 80% of people uh, can't smell it. So I, I always ask them, you know, ask, Ask your female employees, your young female employees, how the level is for them. And that's probably a good level to have the scent at. If it's too powerful for them, it's it's too powerful. It could backfire really quick, I suppose. You'd have to know that target audience um, to get all marketing geeky on it in order for them to... Uh, otherwise, you could go sideways really quick, right? Like if you if it's some business owner and he's got a shoe store and he's like, yeah, but I used to be a mechanic, so I wanted to smell like grease in here. You know, and you turn it up, right? Like, to me, that backfires real quick for a lot of people. Yeah, and I've had some interesting sense. Uh, there's a, a resort that so they wanted uh, the smell of, like, race car and race fuel. It was kind of a race, uh, like a NASCAR-themed uh, resort, and they wanted that. Um, the Alamo Museum at one point had wanted um, something to smell like barnyard i said we want it to smell like barnyard in the museum i said can you can you define that for me a little bit better do you mean like the smell of hay do you mean like the smell of horses um and the lady just eventually had to come out with it and she said i need it to smell like manure in here <laughs> wow so like it sometimes they go in a completely like opposite direction to what you think for the experience uh, uh augmented in that way um i've had some some military contracts as well where uh, they've asked for the smell of death um, oh. for their training exercises, really? and uh, which is apparently a kind of a blend of gunpowder and blood and and people pooping themselves. So, wow. uh, yeah. Well, I, th that makes sense. I mean, if you want to create it, like you can train anybody for anything, but if you get in there and it smells foreign, you know, that could be distracting enough to take you away from the training. Now, in the case of this Canadian Tire Candle, I think it's genius because here's the line of commerce. They create a candle that smells like Canadian Tire, so obviously tapping into your memories. You like the smell of Canadian Tire. So now you spend money, call it 25 bucks, on your Canadian Tire candle. So you've paid them to bring the candle elsewhere 
to recreate and market to other people's noses and recreate that feeling. Mm-hmm. So they're essentially um, kind of like Facebook when you build the business for them. They're essentially you're paying them to market themselves. And to me, that's as good as it gets. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. I have, um, you know, I, I when I, I first joined the business, um, it was really much about, you know, talking to the hotels, talking to the casinos, talking to the department stores and gyms and, and dental offices and all that, like very business focused. And as it's gone on, I mean, we've been doing this for over a decade now. Um, we have people that they'll go and they'll stay at, you know, the Hotel Opus in Vancouver um, or you know, any one of the hotels in, in, uh, in Vegas. And uh, they'll ask us for that smell for their house. Um, you know, I want my house to smell like the Fairmont. Um, I want my house to smell like the Hotel Opus. And I, I remember... Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, setting it up for, for this one couple and they wanted the smell of this particular hotel. And so I, I installed the machine in their house. You know, it's kind of, it just plugs into the furnace, does the whole house kind of thing and turned it on. And I said, you know, how's that level for you? You guys are the ones living here. I want to make sure it's at a comfortable level. Um, how is it? And they went, Oh, Oh, this is amazing. It's like we're on our honeymoon again. Oh, they, hello. they got this lovey dovey look in their eye. Like, you know, they were kind of yeah. in the mood. I said, yeah, yeah I'm going to leave. Uh, I'm gonna leave <laughs> alone. But, uh, but yeah, it's interesting. A lot of more people are getting it for their house now. And then people are coming over to their house and, and they'll brag to their friends. They go, Oh, I got the smell of the Westin hotel in my house. I got the smell of, you know, the hotel Opus in my house. I got the smell of the Videra casino in my house. Yeah. Well, it's better than the smell most of us have, which is like wet dog or kid, <laughs> a teenage kid. Right. Yeah, and then some so, so we're so not used to, like we get so used to the smell of our own house that we don't know anymore um, until someone's like, oh, like it smells, you know, it smells like cooking in here, it smells like a dog in here, um, and and it's interesting because after a while, like after you've had one of these machines in your house for like let's say like three four months, you stop noticing that it smells like the hotel Opus, but your guests come over and they go, oh my god, your house smells so good. So we're kind of yeah. we're kind of like well. Uh, you know, frogs in water that way or lobsters in water. Yeah. So uh, the, yeah, I guess like the uh, slow boil the frog, right? Um, So how does that, you know, I know the marketing around, I think it was for breeze did that one nose blindness. Um, You know, what is the, what is the science? But with that, I mean, there's gotta be some, something going on in your brain where your brain just literally says, you know, ah, I'm just, don't need to pay attention to that anymore. I'm going to be a lazy brain now. Uh, I'll let you know if I smell something different. I'm not putting any processing power on it. How does that work? Yeah, pretty much. It, it becomes background. And, and this happens with other things too, like sound or, or sight. Um, we can be looking right at something and not see it. We can. There can be a background noise that's always present in our lives because, I don't know, maybe you got like a a loud furnace and you don't hear it anymore because it's or airplanes just, maybe it's not close to the airport yeah it's not important for your survival anymore so your brain just doesn't pay any attention to that we've got a part of our brain uh, our, our prefrontal cortex and it's kind of you know the center of this uh, executive function that decides what you're going to pay attention to and not pay attention to and uh, they've done lots of tests where you know they have a dancing gorilla in front of people and they go, yeah, did you notice the gorilla? And, and people were so busy doing another task where they're counting basketball passes. They don't notice this gorilla dancing in front of them. Um, oh, in theater, so- that's, the, that's the key to all the things, man. That's how you move the sets. And that's the key to magic. I mean, it's present in our lives everywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
That's beautiful. So how does this, um, does this grow and change and become a retail scenario where we see more of this or, or is this one of those secret 11 herbs and spices? I mean, that'd be a good one. Can, can, can you imagine KFC in your house? Oh, you'd be so hungry. Um, is this become, um, this going to become a retail thing or is this one of the secrets of the biz? I've definitely seen a shift towards it. Like before, when we first started, like over a decade ago, it was it was mostly big businesses, like big gyms, big hotels, big casinos. Um, and now more and more, I get calls from either people wanting it in their house or people wanting it in just like, you know, their shoe store or their uh, dental office or, you know, a lot of uh, smaller spaces. Um, so that, that's really interesting to me. Um that it's, I don't know if it's become more important to people uh, what their space smells like, but it certainly seems that way. What about, um, you know, the, 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 the biggest impact of this? Uh, I, what I'm learning from you here is on the radio, we would always say people don't remember what you say. They remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And um, so w- would that put the nose at the top of the list of the most of the, the memory retention, right? That instant, because if I say to this audience when we were, uh, texting earlier about what stores would you like a candle from? You know, you get Wolco and Woolworths come in, which is nothing really more than the smell of rubber boots. Mm-hmm. But sure. it it literally takes you back in time differently. You know, Pavlov, I suppose, would be the sounds. Is the nose the the magic golden Willy Wonka ticket? Yeah, it is in many ways. So most of our senses uh, have to pass through a relay center in the brain called the thalamus before they make it up to our conscious awareness. Um, and this this relay center kind of controls, you know, like we don't we don't actually see everything that we see. We don't actually hear everything that we hear. Um, the sense of smell is the only sense that bypasses that. So it goes directly to your to your awareness. And, and then that executive control center gets to decide whether or not um, it wants to pay attention to it or not. But uh, it skips a step compared to all the other senses. And so um, in that way, it's able to um, be a really, really, um, I don't know, I don't know if anchor is the right word, but it uh, can definitely cement itself as part of a memory. Um, I, had the, I had the interesting experience a few years ago of working with a group of artists and they were creating an art piece uh, based around their memories of their time in a specific region of France. And so they interviewed all these artists and they asked them to kind of describe, you know, their memory of the place, including the smell. And they all had slightly different recollections of what the place smelled like. And then working with a scent designer, um, it became kind of the art gallery space where you, you walked into this empty room and the art piece was the smell of somebody else's memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that, was, that was a pretty neat project to be that's a, a, a part of. Well, that's so not tangible. It's beautiful, right? Like how do you, for, even for this, this, the scent designer. So if I say to you, Hey, uh, Brian, while well, Ryan here on the show, he wants to get a tattoo. So, I mean, he communicates to the artist. What is the tattoo, the feeling of it, the history of it, everything behind it. And then the tattoo artist draws it out and it becomes a tangible thing to look at. I suppose once you smell it, you get there, but you can see it unfold, right? Like when the chemistry gets in behind the mixing and the smelling, um, that is so not tangible. Like what an art that is, just the making of it. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. Like, um, you know, I I can think of a particular casino right now and their scent has 15 different ingredients in it. And some of them, like you would never expect, like uh, green fig, uh, tomato leaf, 
uh, tangerine. You know, what's, what's the difference between a tangerine, the smell of a tangerine and the smell of a, an orange? Yeah. You know, and wow. chemically an orange and a lemon, you know, the, the smell of that chemically is like 99% identical. So between a tangerine and an orange, you're like at like 99.999, but we can tell the difference, right? Yeah. That's, that's just, <laughs> I think that's so amazing. So when you, uh, when you look at some of these different places that, that you've run into, is there a personal favorite for you that since we did ask the question of the store or the place for the smell that you would choose? Mm, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's my mind kind of went to some of the, the scents that we do. Um, but I, 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 I have, uh, uh, like a fondness for like the smell of, uh, of hot chocolate. Um, really? so that's, that's a favorite for mine. And I, I love to give that people, uh, give that to people for, for Christmas, um, for them to have the smell of hot chocolate in their house. Um, yeah, you, like, you know, it'd be amazing market thing for you guys to do. And I'll gladly be your guinea pig. Would be at Christmas time to do pine trees. I love the smell of pine trees at Christmas time. Oh yeah, yeah we do. It. I love we it. Do it for sure. Yeah, summertime for me, that emotional place where a smell takes me back to is dry cedar in BC. There's this time season in the summertime, uh, you know, really early August for sure, where it's so dry. But the smell of dry cedar in BC is mind blowing. It's instant, like a switch goes off to where I noticed it for the first time. And even just talking about it now, I can see that. Um, One of the things that I think that would be really cool to do it with would be concerts, like big arenas filled with rock concerts, or are they already doing that? (laughs) They're already doing it. Um, So I know for a fact that Shania Twain uh, had some sense at her concerts, and I think David Blaine as well uh, had some sense. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it was at the Magic Show. I believe it was in the lobby, actually, before you go in to see the Magic Show. Uh, But it was like a kind of an ozone-y kind of like an ozone smell, which is just kind of a weird kind of electric kind of smell, um, yeah. you know, um, but it fits for, for a magic show. Right. Yeah. Like I always think of the best smells, like the first rain. I mean, you're in Edmonton, right? So, I mean, you know what it's like the first time it rains. People in Vancouver don't know that. <laughs> but, it always smells like that. <laughs> right. But here in Alberta, the very first rainfall we get when those raindrops hit the ground, we know what that smells like. Yeah. I mean, that to me would be a beautiful one for me. Probably not in Mark in Vancouver. They're like, why would I want the smell of rain? This is the stupidest <laughs> idea ever. Ah, oh, this is fun. I like this. So is there any way to, uh, to avoid this? Cause I've noticed this is that, um, I grow my beard up to Christmas time. I take it off the smell of beard oil. I've been uh, hesitating washing some of my masks because the smell of my beard oil, I love it so much. So the aroma from that could great be, I mean, it's right there on your face. You've got a mustache. I mean, if you were to use your face creams, your beard oils, all those things that could have a massive impact on your day too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Different scents have different kind of uh, psychological effects. And so that's one of the things that we consider as we're, as we're building, you know, these scents for people are recommending particular scents for people, you know, do you want to be relaxed? In your day do you want to be energized in your day um there's even some sense that like a eucalypt doll or a menthol or a thymol you know, we're talking mm-hmm. mint eucalyptus and thyme yeah. they have that alcohol in them um and that gives them a cooling sensation mm-hmm. um so you can actually put that in a gym or you can put that in a hot space and actually it'll feel colder <laughs> you know that's so cool it's just like putting mint oil on your skin you put that in the air and suddenly you're saving on air conditioning that's amazing. 
man, our brain's lying to us all the time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like literally, lie, your brain is literally lying to you all the time. Yeah, there was a really, there was a really uh, interesting study a while ago, and it was trying to understand uh, why people would spend more uh, in a in a place that smelled warm, you know. And I think you can think of some warm smells like uh, nutmeg, vanilla, you know, uh, freshly baked cookies, that kind of thing. Yep, bread. Um, and so, why would people spend more in a space that feels warm and spend less? in a space that smells cold and it's weird that i can say it smells cold because like those are two different senses how are we combining them like that but you know if i said lime you go yeah that smells cold mint yeah that smells cold like we we all get it intuitively and it was just the most bizarre effect that they figured out it was that when the room smells warm or if you just heat up the room a little bit more and the sweet spots seem to be like 23 degrees uh, people believed that there were more people in the room. And so if I said, you know, without looking up, you know, you're in a, you're in a room with a bunch of other people and without looking up, I just want you to guess how many people are in the room. If I make the room colder, either through temperature or through smell, or if I make the room warmer through temperature or through smell, I can actually influence your guess of how many people are in the room. And if you think that there's a lot of people in the room, then suddenly social status becomes more important. And where you are in that pecking order of social status becomes more important. And so uh, what the particular study found was that um, it wasn't that people were buying more objects in the, in the presence of a warm smell. They were buying more expensive objects because if I can get a $100 watch or I can get a $1,000 watch or I can get a $10,000 watch, which one says the most about my social status in this room, right? And so just, just changing the temperature or the smell of a room can make people less... Uh, <laughs> Um, I, I suppose less aware or more aware of their particular pecking order in a room and want to reestablish some sort of dominance. Oh God, fear drives everything. It's my yeah. blood. <laughs> so in the world, this must be a real crossroads then. Cause we've heard about, you know, everyone always jokes about there's a lot of websites on the internet where you don't want to be able to smell those websites. But if you're <laughs> but if you're online shopping on Amazon, you lose that connection. So is that a point of discussion right now is how in the world can we rope these people back in with two dimensional colors and a probably a really bad picture of a product? Yeah, like in the in-store experience, you've got the music that can infl- uh, influence people's behavior, you got the smell You've got the texture of the floor, if it's hard carpet or, or, or sorry, soft carpet or hardwood. Uh, there was even a study in car dealerships where if you were in a, in a soft chair versus a hard chair while you were negotiating to get your car, if they put you in a soft chair, you would pay an extra $500 for your car because you were relaxed. But if they put you in a hard chair, you would negotiate harder and you get that extra 500 bucks off your, your car sales price. Online, we don't have as many of those signals. So there are ways to do it. There's like some pricing psychology, there's some color psychology, there's anchoring, um, all, all kinds of stuff like that, animations, um, social proof. Um, but it, it is it is a different beast for sure. It's so cool. You know, I, it makes me think back to when I lived in Port Alberni on Vancouver Island. We had Woodward's, those rickety old escalators. And then, but in Victoria, they had the bay. And they also had the risky old, uh, rickety old escalators back in the 80s. And I still, to this day, get disappointed when they renovate a bay and take out the rickety old escalators. Mm-hmm. 
or that musty old store smell. It's not a nice smell, but when you go into a renovated bay, I went into the bay that's in Victoria recently, and it's all renovated and nice now. And uh, it's so disappointing. Like, I hate going into the bay in a mall because it doesn't smell like the bay in my mind. But if I go into one of those heritage building bays, the old ones, if they haven't renovated it yet, it still smells like the bay, which is not really a nice smell, but it's a beautiful thing. So it's mind-blowing where our brain takes us. Uh, This is just the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? We could talk about this a bunch more times because this is my passive invite for you to come back (laughs) well yeah i'd love to um i this is this is my bread and butter i I could talk about it all day um i i went to school thinking you know i was going to go work in psychology or or medicine and somewhere along the way uh marketing got me and uh, it was just so wild to me all the different ways that our our senses and our psychology influence our behavior yeah, and it's a beautiful fine line. I mean, marketing is such a beautiful art form when it's done responsibly. And then there's all kinds of on the internet, of course, nasty fear mongering and all kinds of those things too. So it is, I find this a reassuring conversation about being able to, I like to use these words, uh, influence less than manipulate um, is uh, magical in the world of, of marketing because it can go both ways really quick. Thanks for being here, Brian. I really appreciate this. Thank you. This is the Shift Podcast. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees are out. And every single year, more people get nominated to join the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And on that list are some incredible artists that we love and some that are debatable. Um, Let's get the uh, reveal. Ta-da! of the 2022 induction class from WKYC Channel 3. How you do what they told you? The time has come to usher in a new class of music greatness. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced its 2022 induction nominees today, and the list is full of heavy hitters. Beck, Pat Benatar, Kate Bush, Devo, Duran Duran, Eminem, Eurythmics, Judas Priest, Fela Kuti, MC5, New York Dolls, Dolly Parton, Rage Against the Machine, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, A Tribe Called Quest, and Dionne Warwick. Any fan will find artists on this list that they love. Any five or six of these being elected will be a great class, and we're so thrilled to have this ballot. 17 names. Of those, seven are first-time nominees. Eminem is the only first-time eligible nominee, meaning he released his first commercial recording at least 25 years ago. As for the annual induction ceremony, a location and ticket information will be announced at a later date. The official list of inductees will be announced in May, but in the meantime, you can vote for your favorite artist daily to help boost their chances of being inducted. Okay, so uh, some of these artists are good, some of them are bad, and do they belong here on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction list? Now, um, we have been teasing Ryan about the Smiths, and uh, and it's just worth noting um, that um, there are others on this list that don't belong to. Um, should we start just at the top on our list here, fellas, and just mm-hmm. sort of crank our way down um, to... Yeah. On it, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Beck songs, loser, and many others. Um, uh, he's on the list. Yes or no? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Big no. 
big no for me. I would say he certainly deserves to be in eventually. Not this time. Yeah. Well, if you don't know who Beck is, you actually do know who Beck is. You do know exactly. Who Beck is. Um, because Beck is very close to our hearts here on the shift, um, and is the song that we play at the top of every hour of the show. So. Um, just for the sake of giving you some context. And even we're saying not yet. Yeah, he's a great musician. He's got a very diverse, uh, very, very diverse repertoire of music that he's done. It's all over the map, and he's good at all of it. It's just, mm-hmm. I think he needs more time. There's plenty of people. Oh, who, I don't think he belongs yet. Yeah. I think he does. I think he's a shoe-in eventually, but I don't think he belongs yet. I'd agree with you on that one. Uh, next on the list, we have this... Uh, Awesome lady who everybody knows. Pat Benatar on the list. Thumbs up, thumbs down, right? Thumb, thumbs up. Definitely thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know about this time either, but I would say definitely deserves to go in for sure. Mm-hmm. In contrast on this list, if they're picking five, I say she's there. I, I, she's it. probably going to be on Yeah, there. I yeah. say she probably makes it. Yeah. Um, Kate Bush is also on the list. We chatted about Kate Bush before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't, I, I still don't think Kate Bush should be there. I, I know that a lot oh. of people disagree with that. Oh yeah. I, some, I, t- I tell me why. Well, um, Kate Bush, why well, she's out there. She's incredibly out there and she appeals to a complete subset of music, but she's got, uh, she's influenced so many people. There's a great BBC documentary to watch about her and you've got people like Outkast, um, you've got Elton John and uh, Mm -hmm. Peter Gabriel, those types, all on there talking about how Kate Bush really influenced them and the most interesting thing that was said in it, I can't remember who said it, if you think about all your favorites, you can easily see an influence of like a mother and a father band who influenced them. Kate Bush kind of came out of nowhere and created her own sound. Like nobody was like her before. Yeah. And a lot of people yeah. haven't been like her since. There are a few, mm-hmm. like Florence and the Machine, I think comes to mind for our band yeah. today. But yeah, no, she's uh, she's do definitely they, well, unique. Do they have to be popular? No. To be no. here? No, I don't I think so. so. No, no. There's there okay, are. But if we but if we did this, if we turned this from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and we turned it into the Hockey Hall of Fame, you're not going to bring on some fourth liner plug into the Rock into the Hockey Hall of Fame who said that you know in the dressing room Steve's dedication to stretching before hockey motivated me to be Connor McDavid. Like you would never do that in any other Hall of Fame. So why would well, we do it here? Well, I, mean, I think Willie O'Ree's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and but it's. Not just because of how long he played in the NHL or his insane well, record, it's because of what he did for the sport. Oh, and and I, I also... think that there are artists on this list that we'll talk about in a sec that are kind of like that, where they didn't really sell three million, millions and millions of records, but they changed genres and opened up uh, avenues for other people to get into music. Mm-hmm. And I think with someone like Kate Bush, you're thinking too North American. If you look at her sales record in the UK, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, does the proximity of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame being in North America matter? I don't think it should. Um, no. Because we don't hear Korean artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right? Oh, like BTS if we're going to. going to be in there one day. Probably. One day. But we don't. We don't hear about, you know, artists from, you know, other strange music styles being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We only hear about this mainstream Western world music, typically. Just saying, I'm just, I'm not you know, trying to scrap here. I'm just, I'm just adding some context. Okay. Also on the list, the Coneheads, one of the favorites of Brendan Kelly. Yeah, I would say that they definitely deserve to be in 
uh, eventually. I don't know if they'll get in this time, but they deserve it for sure. They look like Lego, so I'm assuming Ryan likes them. Oh, yeah, I love Devo. I've always wanted to see Devo live. They seem like just the most ridiculous band to see live. And they've got some uh, uncontrollable, uh, uh, uncontrollable urge. Love that song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many good songs. I don't even know where you go with Duran Duran. Um, but Duran Duran, for me, from my perspective of having multi-generational impacts, that's where I get doubtful on Duran Duran. I love Duran Duran. I would love to see them in there if I was going to just pick. Um, I, I I think they belong there, but again, I'm just going. I don't know if this is the time. Yeah, I I, I think they should be in. I think the time is. I do not like Duran Duran that much, but I think they deserve to be in there. Definitely. Hmm. Yeah. Really? Hey. Yeah. They're pretty. What's the best Duran Duran song? BK. Oh, there's a bunch of good ones. I like Rio, Planet Earth. Um, uh, the chauffeur is really good, but that's a little more obscure. Um, Come on, done. Reflex, man. Reflex. Reflex. Yeah. Um, Planet Earth. I said that one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this guy came on the scene and he drastically changed music in general. Like absolutely changed music in a way that we all um, uh, changed our lives. And that's Eminem. And if I Mm -hmm. could only find a clean Eminem song, I would play for one for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I he's I don't think he'll be in because this is his first year of eligibility, but he definitely yeah. needs to be in here. Um, and we've talked about it before about the, how the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is bigger than rock and roll. It's more of become a music Hall of Fame. And yeah, influence wise. And even though I actually think that his catalog is very hit or miss, uh, his influence is ridiculous and timeless. Well, actually, I think it's a very interesting look back to 2000s rap, late 90s. Yeah, I um, yeah. I would disagree. I would say that his impact on multiple generations uh, qualifies him right away. Um, although I'm not yeah. quite sure that I, I, I believe that people who are still making all kinds of music belong to be. Like, he's very active in music today. Um, I think that there's got to be a little bit of a, hey, you're retiring aspect to, to this, um, uh, you know, a little bit, but... I think he belongs, hands down. The impact he had on hip-hop, he he was part of that resurgence of hip-hop after hip-hop in the 90s died and then the dance took over. Uh, he was part of what brought it back for like 10 years, right? And out of the blue, he did it as well. So I would throw that in there. Next on the list, we have the Arrhythmics. I would say yes, all day. Belong yeah, 100%. there. 100%. Eventually. Yeah, I don't know about now. You don't think now? No. I'd say yes. I say just the Christmas songs alone, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot oh, about the no. Christmas. That yeah. might actually make me think not. They shouldn't really? be in not the Christmas song. Okay, what's the best Eurythmics song? Uh, that one you were playing, probably. Here Comes the Rain Again. That's probably my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Is that because Sweet Dreams is so burned up, though? Yeah, for the most part. And I like to sing Here Comes the Rain Again while I'm waiting for the bus here in Vancouver. Yeah? Nah. What about this one? No, no, no. See, I don't like this one. (laughs) How do you not like this one? No? I don't know why they had to do that. Yeah, well... Because they're awesome. Money. Next on the list, Judas Priest. We got to roll here before we run out of time. Uh, Judas Priest, do they belong, yes or no? Yes, they are trailblazers in heavy metal and mainstream metal. They redefined metal for so many people. They're still putting out unbelievable albums. And uh, Rob Halford is a huge 
figure in heavy metal for the gay community. He is amazing, and I'm so sad that they're already not in there right now. Plus, he looks terrifying in all of his photos. Which is just no, bring him in. Just check his, just on his Instagram. He wears cat shirts and does devil horns. Seriously, it's oh, I the know. Most wholesome it's the thing. funniest it. thing ever. I love uh, it. We've got Felix uh, Cootie uh, here on the list too. Um, that I'm not quite sure anybody. There's history to Felix Cootie and the impact of the world that Felix Cootie had. Um, I don't know what it is. Uh, MC5 um, also comes up on the list. Um, again, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Very influential to early punk music. Um, yeah. It's a subset. Yeah. But does that, that New York Dolls to me? New York Dolls? Yes this no. is one Fame. of those bands where it's very, very small niche, huge influence, especially on New Wave. Yeah, huge influence on punk and New Wave. Uh, they come from the same vein as MC5, sort of that era. Um, so it's either one or the other if you're picking from an era. Maybe I get too stuck on the consumption because there's so many of these bands, like their consumption online is nowhere near others, right? Like, MC5's consumption, like their most listened to song is like 10 million streams. And then you've got the Eurythmics with hundreds of millions of listens, right? And multiple versions of the song. So um, there's this one I am all in for. I think um, it is incredibly important that she she gets in there. Um, I think I have a crush on her. And um, I also think she's also, she's also the next Betty White in the way that we perceive her. I'm shocked that she's not in there already. I think she'll get in this time. She'll get in for sure this time. Absolutely, she's Um, in. Surefire. Wasn't it a story that she wrote 9 to 5 and I Will Always Love You on the same day? Something like that. Or It's Islands in the Stream and I Will Always Love You. It's like two of the biggest songs. She actually plays her fingernails in that song. Like When you hear this song, it's actually her rubbing her fingernails against each other. I'll play this one just because it's one of my favorites of all time. God, it's beautiful. Um, Rage Against the Machine, does it belong? Maybe eventually. Uh, eventually, yeah, eventually. I don't think it yet at all. Um, I think it was too short-lived. I don't think it belongs. Um, I, I, I get it. Um, I think they're so impactful, so creative. Uh, not yet. Lionel Richie is also on the list. Um, yeah, I mean, come on, man. It's Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie's impact on the 80s music, man, it was yeah. huge. He belongs and he belongs now, yeah. in my opinion. Eventually? Yeah. I mean, with this list, it's hard to choose. It's hard to narrow it down to five. Well, okay. So we'll do that before we're done here. Um, I mean, come on. Say you, say me. Don't let his daughter ruin it for you from all her terrible TV. This guy's amazing. You guys are crazy. Um, Carly Simon. Oh, probably. Probably. Impact, though? Overall impact? I think it's been long enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has been long enough. Okay, this is one of my favorites. Um, the, most people won't know this. This is one of those ones like uh, Brennan and Kelly. Uh, Brennan and Kelly. Brennan Kelly and Ryan O'Donnell talk about the um, the artists that impacted punk. Um, this band was so incredibly impactful on hip-hop. Uh, I think they belong, and they absolutely belong already, if not uh, yes. many, many years ago. See, now, 100%. That's like how I feel about Kate Bush or some of these other ones. Like, this is very specific subset to just what we like. That's why this is very hard to have this conversation. That's the time. Yeah. And the very last uh, lady on the list, uh, in my opinion, absolutely belongs here by far. Again, I don't know what's taken so long, um, but, I mean, 
I don't know how Dionne Warwick is not um, here at all. Like, like how is Dionne Warwick not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Exactly. I feel like they need to put more people in each year. Like, it's only five, but like, there's every year we do this, it's like, how are you not in yet? I feel like the eligibility the process, needs eh? to change. I don't know. This 1996. Is 25 and, years? Yeah, I they feel like we should still be in the 70s, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like an exception program or something like that. Um, it does dilute who can get in. That's for sure. All right, so off the list, you guys have the list. Uh, sorry to the shift heads, you don't see it in front of us. Pick five. Who belongs? Let's put our guesses in an envelope. We got to mark this because when this all comes out, we will come back and we will talk about this um, down the road um, because they will come out. That's so good. Um, let's see, I love Dion for it. Okay, what are your five? Brennan Kelly, pick your five. Oh, uh, let me go with. Uh, I think Dolly Parton. Definitely. Um, ooh. Carly Simon, Lionel Richie, Devo, and just because I'm being me, Kate Bush. Okay, Ryan, what are your five? The ones that I think will actually win or the ones I want to win? The ones that should be there. The ones that should you're, be like there. Like your opinion. You're on the panel. You're on the panel. You're picking. What are what belongs there? But number one, Judas Priest, Tribe Called Quest, Devo, Eminem, uh, and uh, let's do... Oh, and uh, Dolly Parton. Okay. So I go with uh, Dion Warwick, Dolly Parton, Judas Priest, Tribe Called Quest. Beer in the mix. So we will see. Ooh, beer's in an envelope. Except for Brennan Kelly, he'll have apple juice. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. 